0: Thank you for your hard work, uh, all the workers that make this service possible, uh, cleaning team, the ushering team, the production team, come on, praise and worship team, come on, uh, it's a blessing, we the, and the children's church team. Listen, you guys, <laughs> on Sundays, for those of you that don't know, the children's church team, they, uh, they go to war on Sunday mornings, <laughs> amen, they uh, wrestle with our kids uh, God bless him. And that's just my kids. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We, we appreciate you. God bless you. I hear there's a fellowship I'm not invited to, but hey, God bless you. Amen. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. There was one more announcement. I saw it before I continue. It seems, it seems that the devil's moved in across the, uh, the way there. Um, and, um, you know, the car, the car parking for all car drivers, uh, the car parking seems to be an issue all of a sudden now. Um, do me a favor. Keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. Don't say a word to the guy. Uh, you can't reason with unreasonable people. Um, and sometimes you say, God bless you and just walk on. Um, you have to feel sorry for people like that, because I feel sorry for people that try and touch the apple of God's eye. Um, don't be surprised if people like that go out of business just all of a sudden um, so just no, no need to retaliate um, you know we you know that vengeance belongs to God let's keep that testimony because sometimes people are sent just to bump you just to see what's inside don't fall for the trap this is too easy because um, sometimes he, he, you know today he was waiting for me I come out my car he was waiting for me <laughs> Uh, just to tell me he's blocked us in and so so please uh let's let's uh let's keep the testimony of Jesus Christ uh, um I will speak to the owner and not speak to him um uh, god bless you guys please help me in doing that i know you guys uh, have a righteous anger <laughs> but we will direct that to, uh not at him we'll just praise god amen god bless you uh, so for those of you blocked in i think there's only two cars i'm going to go personally um uh, and, and speak sorry He's gone now. Okay, so there you go. God, God is good. Amen. Um, amen. So yeah, amen. God is good. Amen. Back to what we're here for, to praise God. Sometimes people attest you. Amen. We're going to turn to the Bible, uh, uh, 1 John chapter 2. We're going to look at. Uh, now Wednesdays, uh, you know, we've been, for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at um, the study at eschatology which we know for all you scholars out there is the study of the last things or the last days. The things that's going to happen in the end times. That's what we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks. And we're going to continue that this week also. And it's important to look at that because we as Christians need to be wise as what's going to happen in this generation. We need to be wise so that we don't fall foul of the tricks of the enemy we don't get uh, taken away with the tide and we know what's coming On we can be wise because uh, God has given us his word to tell us these things beforehand so that we can see uh, that God is good. So we're going to read First uh, John, uh, 1 John sorry, chapter 2 uh, starting from verse number 18. The Bible says, uh, little children, is it, uh, so it is the last hour and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie Is of the truth. You know, this is written uh, by John himself. He wrote this epistle, 1 John, and also 2nd and 3rd John as well. And I find it interesting uh, that uh, the word Antichrist is only used five times in the New Testament in four verses. So in the entire Bible, the word Antichrist is only used five times, a handful of times, and it's only found in John's letters. So they found there. Uh, and that's the subject I want to kind of focus on this evening uh, in a sermon of entitled, uh, The Man of the Hour. A look into uh, the Antichrist. You see, on the surface, the word is very, very easy to understand. It's easy to grasp uh, when you see the word Antichrist. Because when you know uh, in English, uh, if you put the word anti in front of anything, we're used to that meaning the opposite. We're used to that meaning the opposite of something. So, for example, antibacterial. We know that that is the, uh, the opposite of something called bacteria, where it, which it grows and spreads. So, antibacterial is something that stops the growth and spread of bacteria. We understand anti to be opposite. There's anticlimax. We know climax is the, the most intense, uh, uh, exciting or important point of something. So, therefore, an anticlimax is such a disappointment. It's the reverse. And the one that doesn't sound like it, but it's still the same thing, is antithesis. If you to try and break it down, antithesis, where the thesis is a statement or a theory put forward. And then obviously the antithesis is the opposite. So we understand anti to be opposite. So in this sense, antichrist is clearly opposite of Christ. Or opposite of the Messiah, the anointed one. And most people have focused on the idea of this opposite Jesus. And this has made people think that the Antichrist will appear as this supreme evil. This supreme evil person that where Jesus went around around healing people and, and doing good. The Antichrist will go around killing people and doing bad. Where Jesus' his character was, person, his personality was beautiful and attractive. The Antichrist's character will be ugly and his, uh, be repulsive. Where Jesus spoke the truth, the Antichrist will speak only lies. So some people have got this kind of notion of the Antichrist because of anti meaning opposite. But You see, in the Greek word, I mean, it can mean opposite. But also in the Greek that is used here in the Bible, the word um, anti actually also means uh, instead of. So when we talk about an antichrist, we're actually talking about uh, an alternative Jesus. You see, because an opposite Jesus is just plain to see. You would see that in one a mile. But an uh, alternative to Jesus is a little bit more palatable. So now you have uh, an idea or a notion of, okay, I'm not completely opposite. I'm just trying to say, have this Jesus instead. Have the instead of Jesus. And that's the kind of uh, understanding of Antichrist that John is producing here. It is a, it's the alternative. You know the, the letter that Paul wrote to uh, the Galatians. Now the Galatian uh, or, the, or Galatia wasn't a church. It was an area in Asia Minor. And he wrote a letter to them uh, because he, they were fascinated with and what he calls uh, a different gospel. In other words, An alternative. And the reason why he put that out there, because the alternative is palatable and the alternative is something that is designed to pull people away and distract people to where they're off course and looking at something completely different. So I want to look firstly about the spirit of the Antichrist. We're going to deal with the individual later, but first I want to look at the spirit of the Antichrist. You see, because the grammar that John uses in this scripture, it says in verse number 18 of our text, it says, Little children... It is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. So important to understand that we know that there is the Antichrist, but there can also be many Antichrists. In other words, it is the spirit of the Antichrist that can be amongst individuals today. The spirit of the Antichrist can be amongst people today and it's easy to spot. Later on in in the same chapter, he says he is the Antichrist. In 1 John 2 in verse number 22, it says he is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. So as believers... We understand the sacred relationship between the Father and the Son. In fact, it's fundamental, to, and anything outside of that is antichrist. That's what John is saying. If you deny the Father and the Son, he says, you're an antichrist. Now, That doesn't mean you can go around calling people, hey, you're an antichrist, you're an antichrist. But listen, this is, this is exactly what it says. You deny the Father and the Son, and you're an antichrist. How many people have heard the statement... Um, we worship the same God. You have one name for him and I have another name, but we worship the same God. How many people have heard that before? How about this one? There are many roads that lead to the same God. Come on now, people say this type of stuff and what they're doing, they are identifying with the Father or God because the idea of God is actually widely accepted. The idea that there is God or there is this supreme being, most people will actually accept that. But when it comes to Jesus, there's a problem. The Bible says in 1 John two twenty three, whoever denies the son does not have the father either. So you can't ascribe to having this God, but then reject Jesus. If you reject Jesus, you are rejecting the Father also. And there are many people who seem rather spiritual, rather religious, yet they reject Jesus Christ. While the religion does them good, maybe it gives them a moral life, maybe they're good, they have good behaviour, it does nothing before God because in rejecting Jesus Christ you are rejecting God as well. That is a problem that we have in society, people will ascribe to God but when it comes to Jesus Christ that is a problem and that is an issue and when you see people rejecting Christ or trying to have an alternative Christ that is a preview of what we're going to see when the antichrist actually comes when people reject jesus christ that is the spirit of the antichrist that's what the antichrist actually is trying to do is to bring an alternative and right now although we haven't seen the ultimate antichrist we are seeing little previews each and every day what's interesting in verse number 19 of our text uh, john says uh, and they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. We should not be naive. John is letting us know that people that have the spirit of the Antichrist can be from within the body of Christ. Because membership doesn't guarantee a relationship. i say again membership in his body doesn't carry guarantee a relationship with the head there are many people that come to church that don't have the required relationship to be labeled a son or daughter of God. Many people come in an ulterior, well have an ulterior motive and they, like John says, they were part of us but they went out. In other words, they were here in the beginning but something happened and now they've gone out because the Jesus whom is preached is not, they can't connect with it and now they've gone out. So this happens all the time throughout the Bible. People who subscribe to be righteous and so on they're found out to be actually unrighteous in the end you know in John chapter 8 when Jesus was debating back and forth with the Jews talking about the scriptures and prophecy talking about what needs to come they said that the Jews said to him we have one father God and Jesus said back to them if you were so if God were your father you would love me Because we're connected. He said, you would love me. And then he goes on to say, you are of your father, the devil. Jesus said that straight, face to face to people. I would love to see their face when he said that. But he said that because they're trying to deny the son. And that is the main link. When you deny the son, that is the tool or that is the sign of the Antichrist spirit. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse number 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. Paul warned those in Ephesus in Acts 20, uh, verse number 20, 29. It says, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves um, will come in among you, not sparing the flock, um, also from among yourselves. Men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples um, after themselves. Listen, it's a sobering thought. To think that the many antichrists that John is referring to will come from the body of Christ. Think about that. The many antichrists that John referred to said they came out from us. They were part of the fold. They were part of us. They were singing the songs how we were singing the songs. They were doing what we were doing. But they came out from us. It's a sobering thought that they would been us. It's interesting he says that they would have continued with us had they been with us. And I find it interesting that um, a healthy church can purge out poison. A healthy church, what I mean by that? A healthy church can poise out poison. You see, because when a compromising Christian or a false Christian comes into a healthy church, it has to be a healthy church. They cannot feel comfortable. One of two things is going to happen. They're either going to get right with God or they're going to leave. If it's a healthy church preaching the truth, preaching Jesus Christ, who he is, if one of two things is going to happen to people that do not subscribe to the truth, they're going to have to get right with God and change and get saved or they're going to have to leave because they can't feel comfortable. So that's why, now listen, you have to understand what I'm about to say next. You have to understand the context I'm putting it in, okay? Now listen, if you're moving, if you're leaving a a church because they're a bit funky to go to a good church, that's not what I'm talking about. But sometimes you come across Christians that, that have a long CV of churches they have attended and left. Why is that? You have to get to a point where you're thinking, okay is it the churches or is it you come on come on now listen i'm not now get me get hear what i'm saying here i'm not saying listen you've moved country or you did this or you, you've moved from here and you things have changed situations changed so you're attending another church i'm not talking about that but i'm just talking about in general you look at your cv of churches you've attended the, and and all of a sudden there's oh yeah that was a problem there was no love in that church oh the pastor was this in that church all oh, this the, the people in that church and it just keep, carries on going on now i start to say actually it might not be the church that's the problem Come on now, it's quiet here, come on. You have to look and see what's going on here because, uh, listen, we're not going to find on earth, we're not going to find a completely perfect church. They don't exist, I'm sorry. As long as people come into church, they're not going to find a completely perfect church. And if it is perfect, by the time you come in, they'll be imperfect. Come on now. So we have to understand this kind of concept of people trying to subscribe to an alternative Jesus Christ. And that's why I find it so interesting that people talk about God and and God and, and God. And listen, I talk about God all the time, but there comes a time where I need to hear Jesus come out of your mouth. I need to hear the truth of Jesus come out of your lips There's a spirit of the Antichrist moving in our midst in this generation. And it's a preview of the Antichrist that is to come. There is a spirit of the Antichrist and it's moving in individuals. Okay, secondly, let's look at the individual himself. Now we said at the beginning, the word Antichrist is only mentioned by John five times in four verses. However, the idea of Antichrist is frequent. The idea of this character is actually frequent if it's not used, the words. Because the Antichrist goes by many different titles. Daniel refers to him as the little horn. He refers to him as the king of fierce countenance or fierce features. The prince that shall come. And this is in Daniel chapter 7, 8 and 9. John calls him the one who comes in his own name in John chapter 5. Paul mentioned him as the son of perdition the man of sin the lawless one in second Thessalonians and in revelation he's known as uh, the beast So although the Antichrist, the word Antichrist is only mentioned five times by John himself, the character is a running or frequent mention in the Bible. And dare I say, commentators believe even from the very beginning, when God said that my seed, or your, your seed, talking to the devil, your seed will bruise his heel, talking about Jesus Christ. Well, that seed they're talking about, commentators believe, is the very first reference to this character, to the Antichrist. And we said that he won't come as evil personified. It's interesting how many people would picture the Antichrist. You know, there's, there's, there's some weird people, music artists and so on, they picture, they just go weird. You know, people, uh, I heard there was a story of the Grammys where somebody did like some horrible demonic kind of scene and they was dressed up as a demon. And there's always some sort of music artist that would do something horrible and, and there'll be some issues with the demons and, and they'll be dressed horrible. There'll be piercings all over the place, there'll be horns and red paint and all that kind of stuff. And listen, and, and you know, there's people that, that worship quote unquote a satanic and they worship the devil. They all dress. When they walk down, The street, they've got things that connect their legs together and they're walking all tired and they just look horrible. Listen, that stuff, only weird people do that stuff. Let's be honest, right? Only weird people follow that kind of pattern, that kind of notion. But let's be honest, when we understand, if we look through scripture, the antichrist won't come like that, won't look like that. Because you can't you can't coerce like a nice family from Yorkshire dressed like that, they'll just say that's that's weird, right? That's horrible. The Antichrist will actually look wonderful, be charming, successful. He'll be, actually, he'll be actually very successful, be an ultimate winner. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, says, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Don't be looking for a pitchfork and and smoke and fire and all that stuff, because you won't find that. When he comes, reading between the lines of of the prophecy in Daniel, from Daniel chapter 7 all the way to chapter 12, we can see that the Antichrist will be a well-respected kind of world dictator. And after eventually, after he's won the hearts of many, then he will sow his true colors. But in order to rise to power, in order to get to that seat, he'll be very, very good with politics. He'll be very, very good with the economy. He'll be very good at speaking public, speaking, galvanizing people. Can you think if, if somebody ran a government that actually worked for once, can you imagine what that would be like? Come with all the governments that we have that are broken down, society broken down, economies broken down. Listen, we've got inflation over here. Listen, it costs 10 pounds more just to buy a piece of meat than it did last week. They say inflation is going so high. By the time you take something from the shelf to the counter, it has gone up by 10 pence. Can you imagine if somebody was able to sort out the economy and now there's money in your pocket? People are able to buy houses, buy land. People are successful. There's jobs. People get promotions. Imagine if they can solve all the problems. Well, of course, we'll be running to vote them into office. We'll be running to do that. And as you look at this world, there's a push towards globalization. Let's all get together. Let's hold hands and sing kumbaya. Come on, it's a nice notion. It's a nice kind of fluffy feel. Like let's all get together and they'll, get, they'll cause peace. No more wars. Let's all get together. Let's band together. In fact, let's, let's have one currency together. So we all sing off the same hymn sheet. Let's, let's just call ourselves one, one nation. Let's, let's do this. If you look around, there's always this push to try and get nations to get together. Get together to speed up this agenda. That's why I voted no on Brexit. Hey, I want to slow it down as soon as... I know it's going to come, but if I can slow it down as soon as possible, I will do. Any form of globalization, I'm against it. I know that's politically incorrect, but hey, I've said it now. There's coming a time where this instead of Jesus will rise up. This instead of Jesus will take his place. This instead of Jesus will win the hearts of many. The reason I say that is to conclude with my third point in verse number 20 of our text in first john chapter 2 says but you have an anointing from the holy one and you will know all things says i've not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth you have an anointing john says if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you have an anointing. It says anointing. The anointing is literally to be blessed with oil or the idea to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit inside of us is what's going to guide us to all truth, guide us to the path we should take. In 1 John 2, 27, look at this. It says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things for all true believers there's something inside of you that is connected to the truth for somebody that believes in Jesus Christ listen there's something that will point you to the way that you should go Paul puts it this way in first Corinthians 12 and verse number three says no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit so if they have the Spirit of God living inside of you you can stand in truth and know you can have a discernment against the evil that's coming in this world our text says you will know all things and it's interesting that word know is different to the word he uses before in the chapters previous he uses the word know but he uses the word that is to do with knowing by experience but when it comes to this word the word behind it the Greek behind this know is a know by intuition in other words you haven't had to experience this the Holy Spirit has given you an intuition to say this isn't right and that isn't right that's why in John 10 Jesus said I am the shepherd I am the good shepherd my sheep they know my voice is the same word they have something inside of them that connects with truth and that's why church we need to make sure that we walk in the spirit we deny our flesh because when it comes time to all these evil things that are going to happen you best be walking in the spirit because the the antichrist will appeal to your flesh and the Bible says that's why even some of God's elect will be pulled away because their flesh will drive them towards what they see their flesh wants but if your spirit is driving if the spirit of God is driving you you shall not be deceived you would see evil for what evil is have you tried to explain some people the things that's going in this world and some people are like oh you're crazy because they are blinded by the evil one but you have to hold on to the power of the Holy Spirit and have the Spirit Inside of you, because these days are coming shortly. Can you say amen in this place? It is the Holy Spirit that is going gonna to guide us. The Bible says you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Now, I say that not to be fascinated. With the evil and stuff. Because actually the world is actually fascinated with the evil side. And there's people who have made movies and series about uh, the devil and all this stuff and all that. And they're fascinated about what it would do. Is we don't have to fantasize and be fascinated with, with the evil. We just need to stand in truth and know that we don't have to fear anything or anyone. Because if we have the spirit of God living inside of us, the Bible says he will teach us. The Holy Spirit will teach us and guide us. So now is the time to be filled, as Paul says. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be filled with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. And the way he says it, the grammar he uses behind it is be being filled. In other words, continue to be filled. Continue to be filled with the Spirit. Because like we said last week, um, that day or the day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. That we do not know the time is coming. We don't understand, but we can see the stage is set for all of these things. And all you've got to do, you know, read uh, uh, Daniel from chapter 7 to 12, read Matthew 24, read um, these prophecies. And you'll see uh, that the stage is set for Jesus to come back pretty much any time. And he believed it, John believed it in his time. I believe God, uh, uh, in every generation, God puts that kind of hunger in us so that we can stay faithful. It's a good, it's a good thought to have that Jesus could come so you can stay on the righteous path. You can stay living how God wants us to live. Today or this day and age is not the day to be messing around or foot in and out of church. It's not the day to kind of sway your thinking. It's not the day to be disgruntled and move away. It's the day to cling on to Jesus with all your might and all your strength. It's the day to worship God with everything you have and be being filled with the Spirit so that we can continue on in this age because the man of the hour, is coming. The man that comes in his own name is coming. The Antichrist is coming. But not that we should fear or fret. We should warn people. We should warn people. This is serious. We're looking at it and you know there's many things you could look at and we may have one more in this series where we talk about the, uh, the mark of the beast, the, the kind of things he would use to, to kind of pull us away just to give us understanding and kind of end on a high note uh, uh, because how many know that Jesus has the victory? Come on now. Thank you Jesus. Jesus has the victory and I always thank God because it is a You know, we see these things in the word of God that all this stuff has to happen. You know, the great tribulation as well, we can look at. But at the end of it all, Jesus has already conquered. And because of that, like it says in Romans, yet in all things, we are more than conquerors. We have overcome because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You can try and replace Jesus Christ, but all it is is a cheap knockoff. It's a counterfeit. All the devil can produce is cheap counterfeits. But we have the truth and we need to hold on to the truth. So just be aware when people ask you and people talk about this and talk about God and talk about, yeah, we serve the same God. Just ask them the question, what do you make of Jesus Christ? And that's all you've got to know no matter. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our personal Savior. He said there's no way to the Father except through him. He is the door. He is the way. He's the good shepherd. and I will continue to serve him as long as I live. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. The man of the hour. Thank you, Jesus.